I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me on social media at the Hoff, WFAN. Uh, you can check me out always Monday to Friday with Tiki and Tierney, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also, if you guys are big Mets fans, the Rico Bronia podcast with Evan Roberts. Uh, this week, this weekend, UFC 287. It is a huge, huge fight weekend in Miami. I was expecting this card to be done or to be actually at Barclays. That's where I expected this card to be. It seemed like it was going to be a hyped-up card. Uh, there was a lot of good fighters on it. It just seemed like perfect fit for Barclays. They usually do April. Instead, next month, UFC 288 will be at Prudential Center, so it's still somewhat local. Uh, however, 287 is going to be in Miami, and then when we get through the card, we go through it all, you're going to understand why. Uh, again, it's the Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. This is part four, but in the UFC, it's part two. So it's the rematch. Izzy looked really good for the most part of the call, the fight. And then in the fifth round, uh, Alex Pereira got the couple shots in the needed and basically ended the night of Israel Adesanya, which was the first defeat uh, in middleweight for uh, Izzy. Uh, with the belt, and now has to find a way to get it back. So we'll get into that a little bit more. It's a good card overall. Um, there's been a lot of news reports coming out about, you know, Connor going to be on International Fight Week, Stipe versus John Jones, International Fight Week. There's a lot of fights that are coming out, which are going to be good. Like, I mean, Chandler and, and Connor would be a great fight, International Fight Week. There's a ton going on. They just talked about, by the way, it's it's a little bit, eh, was it UFC 289 would be June. They just teased that it may be Vancouver. And it looks like it's going to be Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes 3. So that could be, that that would be fun. Also, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Mike, Michael Pereira is supposed to be on that card as well. So some really, you know, Interesting, good cards coming up. Uh, that would that news just seemed to have has just seems to have broken out there. Uh, UFC 289 on that card already as well. Miranda Maverick versus Jasmine Jazudevish, Jazudevicious, excuse me, um, Canadian fighter as well. Eric Anders versus Mark Andre Barolt. So it feels like that no matter what, it's going to be a Canadian card. But I think the the issue was that they were trying to get it to be Calgary. However. Because the Flames may or may not be in the playoffs. I think they're in the playoffs. I'm not really sure. Whatever their schedule is, may, it's going to conflict. So they had to move it somewhere else. They were thinking about Montreal because they're out of the playoffs hockey-wise. Instead, they're going to Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, anyway, 
Uh, Matt Schnell, David Dvork on that. Danny Ige versus Nate Landwehr. Blake Balder versus Kyle Nelson. Diana Belbita, I screw up her name, versus Maria Oliveira. Uh, and obviously now the Nunez news with Leah, um, Julia Pena. Again, that's not news. That's her just, that's just a tweet that got went out there. And, you know, speculation is that that's the two, uh, UFC 289 main event. They might be another one attached to that as well. Uh, so anyway, UFC 287, and there's a bunch of other fight dudes that has been making its way around. Obviously, the merger, one big thing we haven't talked about was the merger um, with WWE going to Endeavor, which is a place where UFC has had a home for quite some time now. Someone asked me, what does that mean for UFC? What What is UFC and WWE, how are they going to work together? Well, first off, the one thing that is most prevalent in UFC is the crossover. A lot of fighters are taking that WWE mentality. The Colby Covingtons of the world are taking that mentality of how am I going to make my press conference more exciting? What can I do? Let me be the heel. Let me go that that over-the-top route. Well, Colby Covington back in the day was a very much a, a part of Impact Wrestling. First of a little bit, but he always had a tie to that. And I the guy from from um I'm blanking on his name, Dan Lambert from American Top Team had a little something to do with a um WW not W, excuse me, Impact as well. Always a big wrestling fan. And they had an AEW tie too. Remember Paige Van Zant, not Kane Velasquez, uh Junior Dos Santos, I believe it was. But there was a quite a few MMA fighters that did the crossover in AEW. So now the fact that you have WWE and UFC together, there's an easier tie-in, easier way to connect the two. Now listen, do I expect to see WWE fighters fight in UFC? You may get one or two to try to make that jump. Like we saw the Brock Lesnar would go back and forth. Is there someone out there right now in the WWE world that I could see make that jump? I don't know, but obviously you got Ronda Rousey, so maybe there's an easy transition to bring her back for for a one-off. Um, obviously Brock Lesnar, but I don't see Brock Lesnar making that jump back to UFC anytime soon. I just don't. He's too old, I think. Personally speaking, I think he's too old for that move. But the other thing is, like I said, you could definitely see fighters – from the UFC make appearances at WWE events. And that seems to be the most obvious out of everything. But on the other side too, it's not even about fighting in the UFC or, you know, it's, it's the presenters like the rock back when they had the BMF belt. It kind of was a show. It you know, remember Trump was in the crowd too. They had the rock giving away the belt for Nate Diaz versus, Jorge Masvidal made up BMF belt. Can they get away with it now? Can they can they try to you know incorporate? I'm not saying John Cena, but is there somebody else that is of a of a certain power that UFC fans would respect? That's on the level of The Rock. That when he shows up, it's cool and it brings a big spot to it and a big pop. It's all it's it's all up there as a possibility again. And the other thing too, I've just Conor McGregor is going to be international fight week. They're talking about with Michael Chandler. Hey, that guy 
can bring a big pop going to WWE as well. So there's a lot of ties. We'll see how it plays out. Um, it'll be. It's not a bad thing for UFC at all. I'm curious to see how they put two and two together, how they make that work. Um, but let's get to the. So that was, that was big news in uh, in the UFC world. But let's get to this UFC 287 card. We'll just run through the early prelims. Jacqueline Amarim versus Sam Hughes. Sam Hughes, you know, was a good start starter fighter for a lot of uh, these straw weights. Jacqueline Amarim, who's 27 years old, doesn't have the height but has the reach. Um, Sam Hughes is an up and down fighter. You know, she the last time she fought was versus Piera Rodriguez at um, UFC Fight Night Grasso versus Arujo, and Sam Hughes lost by decision. But she's at least, she's she did beat Elise Reed by a KO in the third round, TKO in the third round, um, which Elise Reed was supposed to be an up and comer or you know a very strong fighter, and Sam Hughes beat her. So you never know what you can get out of. Uh, Elise Reed. She also beat Estella Nunes, who's supposed to be an up-and-comer as well. So Sam Hughes has that capability to win fights, but she's just so inconsistent. Jacqueline Amarim, uh, Amarim you know, I would give the edge to Jacqueline in this first fight uh, in her UFC career because I believe, if I'm correct, was she a... I think she might have been a contender fighter, but I don't have that in front of me. Um, but Regardless, I'm going Jacqueline Armorim in that first fight. You got Shay Shot Yalin versus Steve Gracia. Two featherweights. Garcia. Huge. Six foot, 75 inch reach for a featherweight. It's pretty tall compared to Shay Yalin, though. Five foot seven, 69 inch reach. So Garcia with the height and reach on that. But Yalin, his record, 39-10. I mean, that just shows the type of fighter that Shia Lin is. And Yalin, let's see, what is he? He's a Greco-Roman wrestler. So the, from China, beat Derek Minor. That was the controversial fight, by the way, if I'm correct. That, that was the last J, uh, James Krause fight that you had. He also beat TJ Brown. So Gracia going to give Yalin a challenge because of what Garcia brings to the table how tall he is. He remember he not, he um, KO'd Chase Hooper, but he's lost at the UFC as well. So it's it's gonna be an interesting fight. But I would go Yalin on that one just because his skill set seems to be pretty pretty good. Thirty nine wins is pretty impressive, not for nothing. I know we know we talk about it, undefeated um, in UFC doesn't really mean much, but when you have a win total of thirty nine. Unless you're fighting all tin cans, it's pretty pretty big. Um, but he is facing a bigger, longer-reached opponent, Steve Garcia. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Ignacio Bahamandes versus Trey Ogden in a catchweight fight. I forgot which one um, came in a little heavier, but it, it says says catchweight here. I'm not sure. There's, there was one guy, I think, that missed weight. Uh, again, Ignacio... 6'2", 75.5-inch reach. Trey Ogden, 5'9", 72-inch reach. So another lopsided height type of fight, height and reach fight. Um, I would think that Ignacio is the younger guy. You know, there's a big thing about younger fighters going up against the older fighters. A lot of the younger ones win. 
Um, I'd, I'd take a look at Ignacio on that card and see if you see what the odds are. I'm not really sure. I don't look at odds before I go into fights. I got to be honest, but I like Ignacio. And then you got Cynthia Calvillo. Think about this. Early prelims. Cynthia Calvillo versus Lupita Gondinas. Gondinas is a very good fighter. Has won some really some big upsets in her career so far in the UFC. Cynthia Calvillo was supposed to be a very um, up-and-comer who was going to be, you know, I th- did she have the title fight? Who she had the title fight against? I'm going to remember now. She didn't. She beat Nina Nunes. Or she lost to Nina Nunes. Excuse me. The Andrade fight. Was that a title fight? No. Did she have a title fight? She lost to... See, Cavilla was supposed to be such a huge up-and-comer. Let's go through her career real quick. She came up in 2017. She beat Amanda Brundage in 2017. Quick quick win over Brundage uh, submission. Big win over Pro Gonzalez, who still fights in the Victa right now. And I think she's BKFC as well. But... Submission win over Pro Gonzalez, beat Joanne Wood by decision, but then lost to Carla Sparza. Uh, in 2018, did beat Pollyanna Botello by submission. So, you know, you're like, okay, this is good. She's she's now five straw weight fights in, but then took some time off. I forgot why they canceled the Casey, uh, Casey Courtney Casey fight, but then rescheduled it. Um, canceled it in January 26th of 2019, but then rescheduled it for February. Still came out victorious. In the Marina Rodriguez fight, they went. To, she went to a draw, which was a three-round fight in 2019. 2020, beat Jessica I. So, again, she's having good success, but then lost to Chukagian in a, in a flyweight decision fight there. And I think that led to Chukagian get a title shot. Either way, Cavillo lost that then lost to Jessica Andrade by KO. And Jessica Andrade went up in weight class and just destroyed her there. Cavillo then lost to Andrea Lee again by another, I think there was a, it was KO, TKO, but I think at the end of the, the, I think she broke something or hurt something where the doctor stopped, if I'm correct. And then 2022, she made a comeback, lost to, to Nina Nunes again. So she's lost a bunch of fights in a row. That's like four fights in a row. Uh, so now she's up against Lupita Gondinez. It's going to be a very interesting. Now, this is a strawweight fight, so we'll see how she is. This is right. This is a strawweight fight for her. So she's cutting weight to get to Lupita Gondinez. Lupita Gondinez is not, um, don't shortchange her at all. Calvillo, a little bit older, 35 years old, 5'3", five, 64-inch five, reach. Gondinez, a little little shorter, 5'2". The reach advantage definitely goes to Calvillo, 61 inches. Um, but I feel like Lupita it likes to shock the world a little bit here and there. Like if you go through her uh, her quick fight history, she lost to Jessica Pena, but beat Savannah Gomez Juarez. Then fought real quick, lost to Luana Carolina, but it was a very close fight. But then beat Loma Lubumi, so she was making a quick turnaround. Then again, beat Ariana Carnalasi. She has had some big wins. She she lost the decision to Angela Hill and now is up against Cynthia Cavillo. So listen, I would not automatically get... The Cavillo hype train was there for quite some time. I would not buy into that, this fight versus Lapita. I think Lapita probably would be a, a underdog, but I would definitely put some... Uh, I would definitely pick Lapita in this, especially if she's a, a dog because she's very live in this fight. Uh, Chris Barnett, Chase Sherman was 
not able to take place. I'm not sure what happened with Chris Barnett again, but that would have been a good fight. Michael Chiesa versus Li Jing Liang also was not able to take place. Uh, they were not able to reschedule. I think Chiesa had to to back out, but I I not back out. Excuse me. Don't I hate the word back out? If some injury hiring for your small business, if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It happens, just couldn't fight that day. So let's, let's, not, let's give these fighters a little credit here. When they are unable to fight, it's not a backing out. It's not like they're like, oh, dude, I can't fight that dude. I'm a, I'm a whatever. No, this isn't more of a Kiesa or Li Jing Liang. I'm sorry. I think Li Jing Liang had to pull out of the fight because of his of a back injury. And Chase Bar- Chris Barnett and Chase Sherman weren't able to fight. But they got Carl Williams to come in. Big 8-1 heavyweight versus Chase Sherman. Sherman's been hanging around for a long time in the heavyweight division. Had to leave, go to like Island FC to come back here and there. He's had some ups and downs in his career. And I believe he actually won a fight. In his last attempt, he bought he beat Jaron Vandera, uh, beginning of last year or middle of last year, July ninth, two uh, thousand twenty-two. He had a victory in the UFC, which was the first one he's had in quite some time. He got destroyed by Alexander Romanov, um, lost to Jay Collier a little bit earlier that year. Keeps on getting keeps on getting a call, and it's weird that he keeps getting a call because it's not his performances aren't warranted at times. Um, he lost to Waldo Cortez Acosta, and uh, yeah, it's just very interesting. He keeps on getting invited back to the UFC, but he's there, and he's going up against Carl Williams. Would be an interesting fight. I would definitely pick Carl Williams, even though I like Chase Sherman a lot. I thought he had some hype behind him, but not the case. Ger- Gerald Mershart, someone you got to remember, he's a big submission fighter going up against Joe uh, Pfeiffer. I think that Mershart, someone that you could definitely lean to, look for a submission out of him. I'm not sure Pfeiffer um, height and reach. Height goes to Pfeiffer by like an inch. Uh, as far as reach, it's two and a half go to Mershart. A little bit younger though, 26 to the 35-year-old. Some some t- cases, when you have an old vet submission artist, I kind of like him. And that's where I see Mershart being the guy with the, uh, with the victory that, that'll 
pop up in his name. You got Michelle Waterson versus Luano Panero. Uh, Panero is 10-1. The height, the reach is basically identical. The reach is a half inch towards Luana. Waterson, the karate hottie, is one of those exciting fighters, more of a complete fighter, well-rounded. But Luana is someone that's definitely, you can't, um, can't take her lightly. She beat Randa Marcos um, by disqualification, which I don't remember that one. And then she also beat Sam Hughes, who's also on the card. So, um, to me, I think Rand, did Randa do something where she grabbed somebody or maybe she needs somebody? I don't know. But it's it's interesting. I, I like Michelle Waterson in this spot, but 10-1 uh, is always a, you know, when you're, when you have a lot of wins in the UFC and only one loss makes you think. But Michelle Waterson is very, very, well-rounded fighter, so it's very interesting to see that how that fight goes. I lean towards Michelle. Chris Curtis, Kelvin Gastelum. Now, Kelvin Gastelum is somebody that we've talked about over the years who the last really good fight for Kelvin Gastelum, my opinion, was versus Israel Adesanya. You know, you think about what he did versus Izzy. That was back in 2019. It was a co-man event. It was a ridiculous fight between those two. It was toe-to-toe. It could have gone either way. Israel, towards the end, really solidified in that last couple seconds of the fifth round that he won it. But, I mean, there were moments where Gaslam, and it's funny, I just saw a highlight where Gaslam, I think, wobbled Izzy. And it's like, oh, my God, dude, he's going to finish off Israel Adesanya. And instead he went for, like, a wrestling move and tried to take him down. And that just, the you know, the stand-up was so intense he could have maybe finished Izzy. Uh, that's the last time that we really saw Israel Asani in a really bad predicament either in any fight um, up until uh, uh, Pereira. But the Calvin Gaslam Israel Asani, that was kind of it. And you saw Darren Till. Uh, they c- kind of forced, by the way, they kind of forced Kelvin into this middleweight division. The lightweight, he, uh, not the lightweight, excuse me, the, the welterweight, he kept on falling short with the weight cuts. So they kind of pushed him to go up there. He lost to, uh, obviously, Izzy. He lost to Derek Till. He lost to Jack Hermanson. He beat Ian Hennish, tough, tough fighter. Lost to Robert Whitaker. Lost to Jared Cannonier. Then, then didn't fight at all last year, and I forgot why he didn't fight either fight. But he, um, and then he didn't fight in January. So now he's up against Chris Curtis, who is has been an upset king. If you go through Chris Curtis, how long it's taken him for be, to be in the UFC, to be successful in the UFC. Now, they're both very similar in the height department. They're both 5'8". So there's no um, discrepancy of one. You know, We've seen him, Kelvin Gaston, fight up against uh, uh, Chris Weidman. And Weidman had a bit of an edge there. Um, this, they're both 5'8". Again, the reach, though, still 75.5 to Chris Curtis, where Galvin Gaston is only 71.5. So he still has to get closer. He still has to engage. Curtis is someone who's been notorious on taking it slow, letting the fighters out to tire themselves, and then find a way to just demolish them in the later round, second, third round. While the opponent's tired, they just he just starts to destroy them. Um but Kelvin Gastelum has the one-punch power. So this is not about a combo with Kelvin Gastelum. It's, it's putting that left hand back and seeing if he can find a, a home for that left. And if he connects, it's like nighty-night. So we'll see. That's, that's going to be a really good main event for the prelims. 
As far as the um, the main events, you got Raul Rosas Jr., the 18-year-old versus Christian Rodriguez. Christian Rodriguez, that was the guy that I believe missed weight. I don't know. He was a pound and a half off. I don't know if he got back there again. I, I missed the, that part of it. But Rojas Jr. is such an up-and-comer in the bantamweight division. He is just elite right now. I would not you know, bet against him at all. I would be all in on Rojas, Rosas Jr. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. It's funny. The Holland, there was Holland and Masvidal beef going on. Um, so Ponzinibbio has kind of got to the wayside. Ponzinibbio is a very good fighter, 30 and 6, well, well rounded, was an up and comer, got hurt, and then had to, you know, took take a couple years off, but has rebounded somewhat nicely. Kevin Holland, though, is nasty. I would, I would lead towards Kevin Holland in this welterweight fight. Big talker, big time fighter. I like how he, he brings the fight. He's, you know, if you recall his knockouts. Over guys like um, over was it Jacare? Was it Jacare that he knocked out? Yeah, he knocked out Jacare off his back, which was so nasty. Listen, he's had some moments. He lost the Marvin Vittori fight. He lost the Derek Brunson fight. He lost the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight, but they were close. That's for sure. Very close fight. Um, he lost the Combs out, which was not fight t- tough at all or close at all. But this is Kevin Holland going down. He's going down to welterweight rather than being up in the 185 middleweight fights. So we'll see how he handles himself versus uh, um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio on the older side, but Holland height reach advantage 100%. But now he's depleting himself. So see if if the power, the versatility will 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 follow him through in that um, welterweight class. But I love I love Kevin Holland watching him fight. It's going to be a good fight, that's for sure. Then you got Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. Yanez is such a good up, uh, you know, he's on the rise. He's 29 years old, both 135. Uh, the the reach, height reach, Rob Font. Rob Font is much more of a striker, a uh, boxer, where Yanez is a bit, bit more, listen, he's a great striker, more of a kickboxer, though, at times, if I'm correct. I think he is Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, though, as well. Um, I feel like he's because when I saw him beat Tony Kelly, I feel like I saw a lot more leg kicks. So I feel like it was more of a uh, was more of a uh, yeah. You saw the Victor Rodriguez head kick KO, but again, he's a lot of decisions are by punches. So he's a, he he is one of the more elite knockout artists in the bantamweight division. And Rob Font has a has a test. And you've seen this is where we've seen the younger guys take over the older guys. So Rob Font, I would I would lean towards Yanez in this fight. I like Rob Font a lot, but I, I think that Yanez will definitely take this one. Um and it, but it'll be a good fight, that's for sure. Rob Font is definitely a striker. It'd be a good fight. Great matchup between those two. Then you got in the co-main event, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. I kinda hate this fight for Jorge Masvidal. And Masvidal, I've seen that he's kind of on the way out, he's thinking about retiring. It says if he doesn't do well, he may be his his career might be over at the UFC. And I just feel like this is not the way that you want to go because Gilbert Burns is such an elite wrestler. He's so good with the ground ground control, and we've seen Maz at all with Kamaru Usman, with Colby Covington. Uh, you know that the wrestling game is not Maz at all's high end. Of his uh, skill set, he could defend takedowns, 
but it's 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 not a fun fight. He's not looking for takedowns. He's looking for striking. So Masvidal is unless Gilbert Burns is like, dude, I'm all in. Let's let's go for a war. It's going to be a long night for Masvidal, and that's disappointing because that's not really what I think. There's so many things I want to see him versus Leon Edwards. Uh, I'm not saying I need to see him versus Kamaru Usman, but Leon Edwards is a fight that always needed to happen. Um, there's other fights that Masvidal could potentially have, in it, you know, before he wraps things up. But the Edwards one really makes sense because that 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 is something that was supposed to happen. That should have happened. So I don't know where we're at with Gilbert Burns. I feel like it's like it's such a dead end fight for for Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert Burns. Burns, you're just going to try to highlight him, which is nice. But on the other hand. Both of these fighters, again, like we're talking about, are following Colby Covington. Colby Covington is getting this title fight versus uh, Leon Edwards. Kamaru Usman's out of the running now. It's going to be Colby Covington. Dana White's made it clear it's Colby Covington. And Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal are upset by that. And it's disappointing that that you're throwing Masvidal versus Burns because there's no chance of that fight happening. Again, if Colby loses to, to Leon, it would be awesome to see a Masvidal fight. But that's not happening. All right, let's get to the, the main event. Alex Pereira versus Israel Adesanya. So part two in the UFC, but this is part four in the um, in the. It's not a trilogy; it's a four fight, um, four fights between Pereira and Adesanya. Now we, there's been two KOs by Pereira versus Adesanya. Pereira rose very quickly in the middleweight division, very quickly in the UFC, and he's shown why. He's a killer. He his striking power is elite. We saw the first fight between Adesanya and the UFC where Izzy was really doing a good job of controlling the fight for the most part. He was a step ahead of Pereira for the most part. And then it just felt like there was a moment where he just couldn't escape. He was allowing himself the entire fight to get his back against the cage. And that is where Pereira is going to bounce on him every time. And if he can't escape from the cage... If he's not able to be loose and move around, Pereira is going to find a way to light him up. And that's not what... Izzy's always got to be a step ahead. Has always have to move. He's, his conditioning has to be elite. His um, his stamina's got to be at the highest of all all high because he needs to be able to to avoid any sort of, of being backed against the wall. And, and it happened too often, too early on even. Where I saw it in the first round, I'm like, this is not a good spot for Izzy. He he's tagged up Pereira enough that he could could win and outpoint Pereira, but he cannot give in at all and allow any moment of of downtime and let Pereira back him up against the cage because that's where uh, the the shots landed most. And that's how he got finished. And all it takes is Pereira has enough power that one strike lands, it's 99. So this is the type of fight that, that, that gets me going. Like I totally buy into Izzy. I think he can come back and beat this to, to and beat Alex Pereira, you know, for the first time in his career. I totally buy into the fact that maybe it's not gonna be a knockout for for Izzy, but I think that that Izzy can outpoint him, could outstrike him, can control the entire fight. But Pereira just needs one shot. And that's what that's what scares me. So I'm gonna lean versus Izzy. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my heart on this one because gut says, you know, Pereira 3-0 versus versus Izzy. But I think that Izzy is so good. 
And this is the type of fight that I love because you see the deficiencies of a fighter, even in his greatness. How do they rebound? We saw Conor McGregor, who, not for nothing, is not the most elite MMA fighter of all time, but was able to go versus Nate Diaz and adjust his skill set. We saw Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman. You know, Colby went to war with Usman twice. The second time, he was able to avoid some some major strikes that Kamaru was landing in the first fight, which broke his jaw, which basically ended his night. This the, the second time around, it was a whole different thing. We've seen fighters adjust. I want to see how Izzy adjusts. I love Izzy in this fight. It's a going to be on a I'm going to be on pins and needles the whole time but I'm looking for Izzy Adesanya and I'm going to say by decision so I hope you guys uh, I hope you learned something I hope I helped you out there at all um, I'm going to have post the picks tomorrow uh, I doubt I'm going to change my mind on anything but you never know but I will post my picks tomorrow uh, follow me on social media at the Hoff WFAN just follow me weekly Monday through Friday on Tiki and Tierney on WFAN, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I host a couple shifts. I'll be on next weekend, I believe. Um, and you can always uh, check me out on the Rico Bronya podcast with Evan Roberts if you guys are Mets fans. But thank you for listening to The Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.